Welcome to the Gate Crashers Podcast, where we storm the gates of publishing and dare to talk about the realities of the industry. I'm your Ivory Tower representative, Amanda Liedeke, literary agent and vice president at McGregor and Liedeke. And I'm your self-publishing insider, Carice Crow, novelist and speaker. I want to start off this episode by saying welcome to all of the new listeners who have joined the Gate Crashers podcast in the past few weeks. I noticed a spike in numbers at the end of September. And Woo! yes, we are so excited. We're glad to have you here. Curious to know how you found us. So uh, there had to have been a mention somewhere. Who name dropped us? We want to know. Right. So yeah, get us that info if you know the answer, but definitely welcome. And if you have ideas for episodes, hit us up. We're always open to hearing, you know, what people want to hear us talk about. So recently I've been in a few interesting situations that they don't happen all the time, but they happen sometimes. And I thought that they would be really interesting to talk about. And that is when agents, like multiple agents, are fighting to work with the same client. Ooh, yes. yes. I love it. Agent Battle Royale. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, wish it, gives it was. Me, it, it gives new meaning to like the pen is mightier than the sword. I mean, for agents, you guys just like have a pen in one hand and the sword in the other just to cover all your bases. Yeah. I mean, I wish it was a battle royale, then I'd put everyone in the figure four leg lock and win. <laughs> <laughs> win every time. <laughs> all of that WrestleMania knowledge is finally coming into play. Right. But I mean, sometimes I lose and it's a bummer when I lose. And so. Right. It's this, it's this weird, and, and the, thing, the thing with this is it can happen for any client. Like, you don't just have to be network television superstar for this to happen to, right? It can happen right. to regular romance author who just has an amazing book idea and a great writing style, and then, you know, all of a sudden, multiple agents want to work with this person. Exactly. So that's what makes that, I think, makes it exciting because it can happen to anyone. It could be you. And when it happens, it's kind of like, I mean, I imagine it's, it's what publishers feel when like I'm shopping a book project and I drop the bomb, like, well, we've got some other interest in this. And then, oh like, yeah. <laughs> right? so I imagine that it's like that. Cause like, that's how I feel like when I'm talking with a client and I'm like, oh, this is going great. I really want to work with this person. And then they're like, well, I've got a few more calls to do. And then I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna have to fight. I'm gonna have right. to try to win. And then that's when it yeah, gets real. Normally, you're in the position of you're finally extending them this golden ticket that they so desperately want, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, to kind of have competition. Mm -hmm. mm. And it's like, oh, okay, now I got to really try hard. And now, like, and then right. immediately, like, you start thinking, well, did I say all the right things? Did, like, did I indicate doubt at any point in this conversation? Right. Which for me, that could happen because I'm a pretty straight shooter with people. And so, like, right. <laughs> if I have yeah, that you... inkling of doubt, I'm going to say it. Yeah. And so... I'm sure that this never leads to anything bad. You know, people fighting over the same client, right? What ends up happening is, you know, when you really want to get that client and you want to lock it in because you think this book deal is going to be great or whatever. First of all, you start um, becoming more fond of the project that you, than you were before. Right. Which, which is 
good, but but it's not it's not good when you then develop unrealistic goals for the project or mm-hmm. uh, like an, you have unrealistic expectations for it. Um, where suddenly you think, oh, I can definitely land this. Whereas before you were thinking, well, I think I can land this, you know? So then your tone changes and you start talking to the author as if, oh, I'm definitely going to, I'm definitely going to land this project. It's definitely going to get you a big deal. And what you have to be careful with is some agents, when they get in that mode, they start making major promises Mm. just, just to land the deal they start saying, well, this is going to be six figures easy. I can sell this to film. I, I know people at Disney. I can talk to them about this idea. And they start making all of these promises that first of all, they can't keep and, or they can't make sure that they keep those promises. Right. And second of all, many times the people who talk real big, I mean, unless they are, unless they have a track record of those things happening for their authors, they're just making it up. They, right. they, they do not have the connections to get your project in front of Disney or, you know, whatever it is that they're saying, but they start saying these things because they want to lock it in and, and they want to, you know, communicate that they're the best agent for the job. So then what happens and it's really frustrating is there's then someone like me who again, straight shooter, pretty, right. pretty practical about things. I don't, tend to go that route when I'm trying to, to save a relationship. Right. I, right. I don't go to the, well, this can be a movie. I can get you six figures. I don't go there. Right. And I know that in the past I've missed out on working with authors because I can't make those big promises or I don't right. make those big promises, but then every once in a while, you know, well, actually not every once in a while, many times though, I think authors, are able to see through some of that and you know they choose me anyway even though I'm not going to I'm not like flaunting all of my relationships with HarperCollins and Random House and all of that do you ever attempt to remove these kind of rose-colored glasses from a potential client's eyes like if they're being told by another agent I'll get you a six-figure deal I'll get you in front of Disney I mean I guess kind of what I'm asking here is that when you're in these situations, like, is there a level of passive, aggressive, professional (laughs) trash talk that basically happens where, you know, you're saying to the person, well, I know you're also speaking with so-and-so. I haven't seen them get six-figure deals. I don't believe they've ever done a movie with Disney. I don't think they've had a book published in the last 18 months you know Mm -hmm. so oh man I definitely know there are agents who do that they like as soon as they find out who the other competitors are like who else is in the battle royale as soon as they find out they start trash talking like crazy and you know that person's not capable or that person has a bad reputation or that person you know whatever it may be most of the time though i don't know who the other players are in the game and so it's just kind of like well i mean maybe they are talking to someone who has these ridiculous connections and can get you know what they're saying and also a lot of times like they don't tell me what the other what the other promises are so, you know, I'm just running blind, like trying to make my best sales pitch. And that's probably what 
causes people to then overpromise because when you don't know all of the cards on the table, you start to really stack your deck. Like <laughs> you start to kind of say things just to preemptively counter right. anything that might pop up. It's frustrating, man. And it just, then you, I remember like when I was early on in agenting, I would have some anxiety over it. Like just kind of like the thought of missing out on working with an author was, it would stress me out. And I think about it and really overanalyze like what I said, but now it's just kind of like, well, you know, <laughs> I put forth my best effort. And at the end of the day, I hope they choose someone that they're going to be happy with. Of course, I hope that person is me. And that is what I tell them. But, you know, you can't lose sleep over the deals that never happened because you don't know for a fact that you were going to be able to do, to lock that deal in anyway. Like, I don't know for a fact that if I work for a client, I'm, I'm, 100% going to get them a book deal. Maybe I won't. And maybe another agent would be able to get that person a book deal. So it's just kind of something I try not to lose sleep over. But what really gets under my skin is client poaching. Client poaching. Yes. Client poaching is when an agent will go after an author who is already signed with another agent. And this is like, the agent list of etiquette, right? We don't have, it's not a long list, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but this is on it. You do not go after someone else's author. You just don't do that. And this happens a lot of times when editors step down from their editorial role or they get fired and they decide to become an agent boom, they send out an email to all of their old, like all of their authors with their publishing house. And they say, Hey, I'm an agent now. Don't you want my free editorial services? That is super shady. I mean, when you oh, really, yeah. cause I've heard of that being done. So-and-so was an editor, they became an agent and you think, Oh, that's no problem. But no, all of their contact role is probably pretty well represented if they were working for even if they were only working for a medium-sized house, that's it's, shady. Yeah. That it's, is super shady. Yeah. It's frustrating. And they don't know how to be an agent. They've been an agent for zero days of their life, right? Right. They've been sitting on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. Right. And you've been very forthcoming about, you know, you sit on the agent side of the table with the editors across from you and you know some of it. But that was, that was part of what made our conversation with Jonathan so great was that mm -hmm. we got to hear it from that side of the table because they're very different. Yeah. I don't know everything on editorial. There's no way that, you know, editorial knows everything about agenting. They, I mean, they do some of the negotiations, but not very much. And they're really limited to, you know, what they can say yes and no to. It's just, there's, there's so much that they don't know. And I, and I'm not saying that an editor can't be a great agent. I think that they absolutely could. But to just step, step down from that position, step into an agent role, poach all of these clients, so annoying. The other thing that happens is just when agents and authors get together at conferences, there have been times when I've been fired. And when I think about the timeline, it was like right after a big conference. And chances are my author was at that conference talking with other agents and boom, done with me moving on with someone else. Just um, wantonly gallivanting around with different representation. Right. How dare they? 
How dare they? Scandal, the scandal, uh, without even telling me that you know our relationship is problematic or they're unhappy. Like they never told me this, and then they just boom, we're done. I found someone new. You never got the email that said, Amanda, we need to talk. Oh no, <laughs> not the we need to talk conversation. So that happens, and then there have been there's been one time in particular in which. Um, one of my authors was working on something with an with a different author who was represented by someone else. And somehow my author got on the phone with that person's agent. And I wasn't aware of this because I was like, I had just had a baby at this point and I was kind of MIA. And like that agent like put like sold hard, like, you need to go with me. What are you doing with that agent? Like I can serve you better, I can help you better, I can take you better places. And then my author came to me and was like, this is what this agent said. And I just want you to know. And I was shocked because this was at a very reputable agency. And, and I told my colleague about it and he was like, what? Like he, he's like, I, I can't imagine that that person would have done that. Like that agent, like he knew that agent. And he's like, I can't imagine that that would have happened, but it did. So it's just like, you never know who's gonna just kind right. of. So if someone is going through this, maybe they're considering multiple agents or they've got another agent who's trying to poach them. What can we do to try to figure out the right direction to Mm. go in? There's a couple of things that can be done to discern who is the best fit and also who's capable of doing the job. Um, And that is to ask to speak to their existing clients and just you know, and don't ask questions like, do you like this agent? Because of course they're going to say yes. But like, what does this agent do for you? What is the day-to-day communication like? What should I expect from from now on if I sign with this agent? What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? So just kind of like a job interview, but you're going through one of their authors instead of them. I think that's really smart to ask about strengths and weaknesses Mm -hmm. because everybody has them. Oh, yeah. And you'd rather know that kind of stuff up front than find out later on. Yep. Yep. Because then it's kind of like your expectations are set. And like I know for a fact, I am slow at reading manuscripts. So slow at it. That is one of my biggest weaknesses. And I try to own that whenever I can. But I know that there are clients that they didn't really know that about me. And they were like, why are you taking forever to read my thing? Like it's not personal. Right. Uh, that doesn't set off the creative self-doubt at all. <laughs> not even my agent can get through my book. What have I done? I think one time I made a comment to my author, like, oh, I read, I read, you know, X number of pages last night and then and then I fell asleep. And then she was just like, So like you just fell asleep while reading my book. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean we get we get told like over and over and over again how important it is to have your reader hooked from page Mm -hmm. one and just like you don't want to drag their unconscious body along for the rest of the ride you want them like (laughs) running toward the end of the story and so yeah to have your agent say yeah i got to page 72 and then i fell asleep right i guarantee you that author goes back figures out where in the manuscript page 72 is for however you read it and then is like okay what's what's wrong with this scene what did i not do do i need more conflict do I need a twist? I got to do something. Right. And what they don't know about me is it takes me forever to read any book. <laughs> I am not a stay up all night 
type of person. <laughs> right. So um, another thing that you can do to help discern through these agents that are fighting over you is to ask what their most recent deals have been. This will give you an idea of what kind of connections they have, what kind of business they do. Um, and if they make big promises that sound crazy, ask them about it. If they say, I can get you a six-figure deal, they're like, oh, really? Like, how many six-figure deals have you done? And then they'll probably say, oh, I've done, I've done a lot. Okay, like, what, what books? That, that's awesome. I want to go see what those books are. And then, you know, that's maybe when it starts to fall apart and then they can't name the books that they've done six-figure deals for. Yeah, sometimes if they can't come up with the details, mm -hmm. that might just be, well, I thought that book was going to be a six-figure deal. Mm -hmm. yep. You know? That's when you get to the root of what, you know, they're really offering you. Mm -hmm. They believe in it. They believe it could be a high number, but they don't know for sure. Right. Um, and then you can ask what their involvement level will be. Are they going to take the time to edit your manuscript or your proposal? Are they going to work on helping you write the proposal? Are they going to be involved in the marketing calls? Like all of these things are, are, are things that each agent has like a different level of involvement with depending on just their style. So they may not be on marketing calls at all. They may not touch your proposal at all. They, you know, everyone's different with how they approach. And so you just want to find someone who kind of complements your weaknesses um, and kind of fills in the gaps. So overall, if it sounds too good to be true, and if they can't provide a history to back up their claims, probably not somebody you want to entrust your career with. And if you are working with an agent and another agent comes along and tries to steal you, just say no. Just say no. <laughs> Don't do that stuff. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Gate Crashers podcast. If you found value in this episode or in any of the episodes we've done, you can drop a tip in our tip jar. Tips help to offset the cost of the podcast and they'll also help us grow bigger and better. You can send a tip via PayPal. Simply use our link, paypal.me slash gatecrashers. That's paypal.me, M-E, slash gatecrashers, or log into PayPal and search us using our username which is at Gatecrashers. And be sure to be here next week for a brand new episode.